Right. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the CPRW podcast. I am not Colin. I'm Robin from Colin's Punk Rock World. And I've taken over from our usual host who heads up the blog as well as CPRW Records for a very special International Women's Day edition of the podcast. I'm joined by some really amazing women. So we have podcast regular and vinyl enthusiast, Lara. Hello. <laughs> we also have returning guests, folk punk artist, Katie MF. Hi. As well as Sarah from the online punk zine, Shout Louder, and the recently Hello. launched independent <laughs> books, uh, publisher book, Beyond Cataclysm Books. Yeep! Ooh, yeah, you got a copy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to get the book publisher in there, man. I'm super like amped for that, like ready, ready to to buy everything. Um, how is everyone doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah pretty good. See, everyone's got their hot beverages. Has it been a bit cold? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Coffee time. <laughs> Definitely, I've got coffee, and it's in a mug shaped like an otter. Perfect. So I've got a <gasps> Simba. Yeah. Oh, it keeps vanishing. I thought I'd be really fancy with a background, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the thing, I would have I would have provided one, but mine is very boring. I also oh, just well. have water. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, thanks, Robin. It's it's about 31, 32 degrees in South Africa today, so I'm short and a t-shirt. Actually, I am rocking my um my women are not objects t-shirt. Oh, I love it. Um, nice. which was done in promotion against uh, femicide in South Africa. It's our worst thing is we are we have the highest rate of femicide in the world. Uh, it's pretty horrific. So, you know, uh, this is this is our other pandemic that we have here. So, bringing a little bit attention to that, um, I think. So, right. International Women's Day, right? We thought it would be a great idea to talk about women in punk. And seeing as though we are all women in punk, uh, you know, <laughs> when, when, when Laura and I were talking about, you know, putting something together for this episode, we thought, well, you know, let's reflect on our own personal experiences, right? All, all the good stuff, all, all the bad and the ugly um, and, and, you know, see how, how we've really experienced being in the punk scene so um I don't know Lara do you want to start us off in terms of what your experience has been yeah sure so I mean when I was younger and stuff like going to local shows and things like I've never even now like I've, I've never really like had any problems or anything like that like because the last sort of like 13 14 years I've been going with my husband so I've never like had any I've never felt like I've needed to kind of act a certain way I guess I've always felt kind of like welcome um in those spaces um and as well like a lot of the time I'd be going to my friend shows so there's always that kind of mutual um, respect there however <laughs> it's a very different story online <laughs> um it's Good point. Jesus Christ <laughs> um like it's almost like the same people you'd see at shows are you know it's, it's kind of like they've got their phone and they're suddenly this different person um, it's, it's nobody I've known, like nobody I know has come to me and been like an asshole or anything like that. But I've seen it online and I, I, I find as well, like uh, friendliness is misinterpreted as something else. 
um that's you know like one. oh it's such a fucking pain in the ass because I've, I've stopped like liking photos so much I've stopped commenting on people's photos I've stopped posting the way I used to post because people just take it as a oh well she's interested in me so I'll reply even if she's posting that she's married it's like for fuck's sake mate get a grip yeah. I'm just being a nice person so out in shows and stuff and outside in real life it's fine online it's completely different that's that's kind of what I found with it so um that's unfortunately, really interesting actually yeah I, I, it sucks I hadn't really thought about the online side of it I was thinking mm. about shows in particular but mm. the thing is that I think that broadly a lot of us have really positive experience a lot of the time um yeah. you know most shows that I go to it's absolutely not a problem and it's yeah. been one or two experiences over an entire lifetime that's colored things negatively and the mm. fact is we shouldn't have any negative experiences but you know a lot a lot of a lot of people have um yeah but your point about saying that being overly friendly with people is sometimes misinterpreted uh, I think that slightly applies in person as well I'd say one of the biggest issues I've had over the years has been like the girlfriend syndrome where if you go along to a gig with your partner uh, there tends to be an assumption that you're there for them and that you're not there oh yeah for the music yeah. so as from the you know as a as someone's girlfriend you are almost slightly marginalized but mm. then going to gigs as a girl on my own which obviously I've done a lot more <laughs> um going to gigs as girls on my own I then find that you know if I display the slightest bit of interest in someone then I get more attention that I might than I might want yeah if that makes sense although I think that's improved now I think um I think nowadays there are so many friends at the gigs that I go to that that's not so much of an issue uh, and actually telling people I'm single is like guys 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 look look I'm actually single please yeah <laughs> come at me Over here. <laughs> yeah it's a big sign <laughs> yeah oh well Katie you're you're looking at things from more of an artist perspective how, how yeah. do you feel about yeah I was thinking about that kind of um friendliness thing and I think um so from you know if you play a show and then you go you know like even if it's not a big one or whatever like you go hang out at the merch table because you're like oh I might be able to sling a couple of t-shirts tonight awesome get some petrol money yeah and so you kind of already have feel a bit of pressure and this isn't just like for women you know this is at any band you feel a bit of pressure to be like really approachable and really nice to everyone mostly because you're trying to sell them things um <laughs> but there have definitely been a couple of times where like you know a guy usually probably an older guy has come over and probably hasn't really understood that a i'm gay because like i'd sing about being gay and like it's fairly obvious i think um, and probably that hasn't <laughs> clicked. and you know b has come over and just been you know if i'm like oh hey really nice to meet you like what's your name kind of thing and then five minutes later it's like oh do you want a drink and i'm like like it's really kind of you to offer but i don't know you and like no thank you very much um and it's just those slightly I don't know like they don't mean anything by it but also in the back of my head I'm like well I don't know you you're going to go away to the bar which is over there which I can't see come back and give me something and like I it's probably absolutely best intentions but because I'm a woman I can't yeah. trust that yeah and like that is a real kind of that's the real shit thing is that you automatically go to this like level of mistrust I think just because of you know historic in, in incidents that have had nothing to do with me but you know all that kind of stuff and that that can be quite tricky so you yeah you definitely don't want to get to that thing where you're like so friendly with someone that 
they think that you're flirting or whatever. I'm like, no, believe me, this is not what flirting looks like. Um, but then you also don't want to. Hello, be... I'm talking to you. This is not flirting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name is Katie. Like that does not mean I want to. Oh. Maybe we need like an "I'm not flirting" signal. Like if I touch my nose, we're flirting. If I don't do that, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but what if I don't know if I'm flirting or not? That's always a problem. Mm, <laughs> I I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> It is it's a diff it's a difficult sort of gender politics because they may do exactly the same thing with a guy. They'd be like, Wow, your set was amazing. Let me go get you a drink. Like I wanna show you how much I enjoyed it. I wanna like spread the love. And you're like, Okay, but also like I don't wanna mislead you. Also I'm wary of strange drinks, but also yeah. like thank you. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's real kind of it's like this cognitive dissonance of like I really just want to be able to completely openly trust and be like yeah everything's cool everything's great oh yeah let's have a drink like fantastic so nice to meet you but then do you know what that's quite an interesting side like I think so we've got those kind of layers of assumption that there might be an issue with drink right mm -hmm. and I've never had an issue with someone buying me a drink that was like spiked or anything like a gig but I have had outside of gigs hmm so perhaps we're kind of building in our experiences from people outside of the scene into our assumptions yeah. like about our interactions in yeah. the scene yeah easily think, it's it's almost the 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 risk is too great to be able to, to let you know to let down your guard enough to be like well you know this is this is the scene like I know quite a lot of people here like nothing's gonna happen and then mm. you just in the back of your mind you're like what if I wake up three days later and like something yeah. happens yeah like, well, um, it's and yeah. again, I've never I've never actually had a problem with it but I've had friends again not not at shows but friends who've been out and stuff and it has happened to them so you kind of like yeah when I was like 15 it happened to my friend and I will never forget like that her passing out on a marble floor and like the sound that her head made as she hit it yeah like, no days yeah. I mean she was fine she was totally fine um and thankfully she was with back with her friends you know us by the time anything kicked in so it was all completely fine but that's you just never forget it um and that's just such a yeah like you're already mm. coming at it from almost like a I don't know defensive like a yeah risk. like even just yeah. talking to someone carries a bit of risk and that's just ridiculous you know yeah yeah um but yeah sorry I'm talking really fast because I'm drinking coffee is <laughs> <laughs> oh we're all on that right <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> This will be the quickest podcast ever. <laughs> you guys ever experienced, you know, there's a little bit of something, and I think this links to the internet as well, in sort of nerd culture, where, you know, if a girl says, oh, I like that video game, and they're like, oh, tell me about it. How long have you oh, played? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, all... prove it. Yeah, prove yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never really experienced this too much. Generally, I think, on the internet more so, again, I would say, that sense of having to prove yourself. I don't know if any of you have ever had that sense. As all, all the time. Yeah, um. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Almost constantly, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe at a lower level. I've never had someone come up to me and been like, "Name three bands on your T-shirt." Although actually, I do remember um, a friend of mine who. Well, I, I won't mention names or anything, but a friend of mine definitely fully had someone come up and be like, you don't even like that band that you're wearing the T-shirt of. Oh, my God. Like, what? Um, like, oh, yeah, I hate this band, so I'm going to give them 20 quid. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, obviously, I'm just trying to sleep with the guitarist. That's the only reason I have this shirt on. 
Yeah. In yeah, fact, actually, it was a freebie yeah. that I got <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, it's, it's weird. It is definitely, and again, like, for me personally, it's not, you know, I don't run into that that many issues like playing or, or anything like that, but always in the back of my head, there's this thing is like, you have to be as good as the boys. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think being in a band with men is also like, and they're both lovely and great guys and they're also absolutely phenomenal musicians. So I will, mm-hmm. I have that thing of like, I'll, I'll never be as good as them and I won't, but that's not because I'm a woman, it's because they're incredible <laughs> and they set yeah. the bar really high. But then yeah. I also have this kind of frisson of like, maybe I won't be as good as them because I'm a woman, you know, and yeah. like, that's a really tricky well, kind of- Well, mm, perhaps like, people will think that. Like yeah, people will yeah, see me yeah, next exactly. to them and think, oh yeah, she can't quite keep up. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, the amount of times that I've had people come up to me after sets and be like, oh, your band are really good. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. like they are, they're fantastic. Like they, and like, I'm going to go and tell them that you think they're really good. Um, and like, you know, I don't take offense by that, but I mean, it happens probably, you know, 90% of the comments I get are about them being really good. Wow. And again, they are, and that's correct. But wow. like, and the thing is, people will mean that as a compliment. Like, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's like, cool, well, you know, I write the songs and everyone's like, oh, really? Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's like, wow, okay, cool. And it's just, you know, it's just, and again, people, like, they don't, I say people, men, it's always men. They, they don't mean <laughs> it. Yeah. Like, they are, you know, but it, is, it does start to kind of grate slightly occasionally. And then it, it feeds into that kind of inferiority complex and it all you know, spirals. And then you're like, fuck, I'm going to have to put like a tapping solo in my next song so people can see that. It's all gone wrong. Camp <laughs> Cope talk, uh, sing a little bit about that in their song, The Opener, where they're like, oh, you know, like they see an all-female band on the bill and they're like, yeah, they're just there to fill the diversity quota. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. you guys only get the, the you know, the, the sort of coverage that you get because there's so few, like, female artists. So, you know, they've got to put someone in there. And it's just so degrading to, to yeah. sort of yeah. say, like, something that's actually an obstacle or that can lead you to have, like, you know, question yourself and have confidence issues is somehow, like, making it easier for them. You know, it's yeah. It seems to be a common a common thing that that crops up. And the the one thing that what I thought about when I thought about this question was um, my personal like interactions have been good, but I've had a couple times um, at South African music festivals actually, in particular. Um, we were watching a band called Black Math from Durban, who are phenomenal, and their drummer is is a woman, and she's just fantastic I mean she's so so good and we were standing there and these guys were like heckling they were like your drummer is so hot can I have her number one like it's not their drummer like she's like an equal member in the band like and and secondly like stop objectifying like she's not there to like be hot for you like she's paying you yeah 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 and you like yeah it's like when you flip it, you you know, you'd never get that. Like a group of women standing together and be like, oh, I like, yeah, what's your number? You know, like privately, they might be like, oh, do you know what? He's, he's quite hot, actually. Yeah. I have, like, I'll no tell you what, I must admit, I have done that with a group of women, but it was with some guys that we knew and we were loudly yeah. taking the piss. So, yeah, so I think that, that's, 
that's absolutely a different thing. If you know the people on stage and you know that they're going to react well to it, and you know that, like, yeah, it's all good fun. All fun and, yeah, good times. This was at a big festival. It's a festival here called Opikopi. Um, and it's like a big outside festival with like multiple stages, like like sort of hundreds of people at each stage. So I mean, like that kind of heckling. That's it was like a lot of guys. And I'm just like, yeah. she's got to walk off stage and like go into that after this. Yeah. That's yeah. that's not great. Maybe we're gonna approach her and like yeah. yeah, it's just that lack of understanding about the power imbalance. I think yeah, that like the women you know are very keenly aware of all of the time and I think men mm. in general are less aware of it mm. um although I have to say like the kind of like men in the punk scene have been more aware than in other areas of my life like I play sport as well and you know the difference between the kind of guys you get at a punk show and the kind of guys you get like on the side of a sporting pictures is, is, yeah. yeah oh yeah um, I, I will say that for sure I mean the guys in my scene here are feminists. I mean, they made the shirt, um, you know, very vocally feminist in all of the things that they do. Um, and, you know, recognizing that as part of the scene, not that very old fashioned, like punk is for, for bros and we're here to be aggressive and, um, you know, we want to like smash stuff. They, they uh, you know, very much that more progressive line. And I think it means that, you know, when you go to a show, you can talk to them about those ideas. You can be like, I read this great article or did you see that this happened? And you feel like you've found a, yeah, a fellow person to talk about that stuff with. Definitely. Yeah. I think in what you just said there as well, there's, there's that assumption that the, the need or the desire to be aggressive and smash stuff is, is purely a male thing. Like yeah, you know. that as well. Yes, I want to smash like, things. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like um, that's like you know when people. Well, you know, like that's like. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes um, the the experience I've had is that you you know you'll be in a pit and you'd be ready to go for it, and then you've yeah. got some guy who like stands in front of you to protect you. Yeah, oh, you're protecting. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't need that. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just 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 a point about tall men at gigs. I've had my mm. I have an actual note here that says being the shorty at the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a running joke between Brett and I how often ridiculously tall men stand less less than yeah. like 10 centimeters in front of my face um <laughs> it's just like dude i'm standing back here because like there's stuff happening down there that i maybe don't want to get involved in but like i still want to like i'd like to i think that's <laughs> had a real impact on me actually i think um for, for for years I was quite well known for always being right at the front of the show always going for it and all that kind of thing the reason I'm at the front is because I can see <laughs> if I'm at the front I'm not even bothered about being at the front I'm quite happy to be at the back but equally I'm kind of mindful of uh, with, with tall guys I know a couple of guys who were so nervous to stand anywhere apart from like yeah, right next rough. to the wall yeah, and then yeah. I feel bad for them okay. because well my my friend uh I used to go to shows with him and he's you know six foot four or something like that and we'd always have to stand at the back or we'd have to split up and I'd go down the front and he'd stand at the back because yeah. he didn't want to stand any further forward because he didn't want to block anyone's view and I thought that was quite sweet but yeah I think it's worst at scar shows as well because you're at elbow height <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there should be another thing being the tallie at the show is also pretty rough also also tough tough to get involved <laughs> Basically, if everyone could be average height, average yeah. height, yeah, be great. And all venues should be sloped. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or um, maybe that might be unachievable, but having multi-platform venues. So, for example, at Deaf Institute in Manchester, there's the kind of regular flat bit, but then there's an area of um, like theatre seating at the back, and there's a mezzanine that you can go and stand on. Yeah. The That's what we need. In- the baseline in Johannesburg is the same, and it's my favourite venue for all of those reasons. That's an interesting point, actually. You know, we talk a lot about the making venues accessible for everybody. I haven't really thought about making venues accessible for short people before. But having multiple levels that yeah. you can stand on probably helps a lot with that. Yeah, and it, and it does mean that you don't necessarily have to be down the front in, like, in the action. And I suppose on that, because I was thinking about this for myself, I think it's becoming, I think it's that contentious, but it is coming into discussion. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about stage diving. Mm. So-so. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it can depend on the stage diver and yeah. their choices re- regarding the crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's an element of sensible stage diving, which mm-hmm. is okay. Um, I mean, stage diving is really fun. That's, yeah. It, you know, if you've done it, it's, it is fun. Um, as long as there's a good crowd there that can support you uh, and that you're not just landing on one or two people. Yep. Because that's yeah. a problem, <laughs> especially when yeah. those one or two people are five foot three women um, <laughs> who are going, ah! I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want your balls in my face. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. It's um, actually a good time to be short if you're in a good pit for, for a stage driver because my, my hands generally don't reach the person's body the because there are people above me who've already got there. And I'm like, okay, no, this was good... Yeah. Just let it go. <laughs> let it go. Yeah. But then also what you want to avoid is there always seem, I feel like I'm going to call this out as a man thing because I've never seen a woman do it. But there's always one guy who just keeps going up again and again and again and again and again. And it's like, I'm trying to watch the band. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. It's kind of like, there's just the respect in like who's around you, isn't it? I think I talked about this with Colin like a couple of weeks ago Mm. and it's just like, knowing like who you're with knowing like and reading the crowd and things and it is just irritating you've got the same person going up over and over again asking about on the stage making it difficult for the musicians as well like it's just um i think it's different with hardcore bands because that's part that's more part of the culture you know yeah um yeah if you go to see counterparts or like madball or something like that you're going to have loads of people on the stage Mm. you're going to have them all diving off and then that's part of the fun you know i remember seeing bands at like um like grows rock and you know in uh, punk rock holiday in slovenia and you've just got this like th- there's just this mass of like three or four people stage diving at a time and it's so much fun to watch and yeah. fun to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah it's, it's the balance it, it yeah. is it is also a bit cultural and i think from space to space because at fest in florida it's a big thing like the stage diving and i think coming from us like the first time you we were in that situation we were like whoa and then we, and then you like you just get very used to it but mm. I think there the crowds are always so big and everyone understands so they're expecting it and it's there's like a almost like a protocol but I think yeah. some, sometimes at the smaller shows like people just want to make it more than it is and it's like there are 10 of us yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah don't yeah. <laughs> unless there's like a mutual decision that that's what you want to do yeah. so 
uh, I used to work at a venue in Ipswich called the Smokehouse and it was uh, it was quite small you know like low ceiling so even with small crowds we'd always try and get someone up there and try and get their boot prints on the ceiling <laughs> oh, cool. but then as a group you've made a mutual decision to put someone in the air and make that happen mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's part of the fun <laughs> more, more organized fun yeah <laughs> yeah organized shenanigans yeah right okay so what it's like you're going in with a with a tick list right you're like right okay human pyramid yeah boots on the ceiling we've got a (laughs) robo everything's ticked off (laughs) perfection um anything else anyone wants to mention before we move on i'm actually curious about something do you feel that things have changed over time because i was thinking about my experience at shows in particular uh and a lot of the memories i had of bad things happening you know like getting hit or touched or any of that kind of thing Mm. a lot of them are actually from quite a while ago yeah which makes me think that things have improved but perhaps it's just moved online (laughs) i don't know yeah yeah i i think generally things have changed like in in that respect but also like in more like representation as well i think people are becoming more aware of things and i think maybe things have moved online obviously what I mentioned earlier but I think as well it, it online is good in the sense that it's opened up like more avenues for people to find other bands so like yeah I think I think things have got better but I, I that's just my experience it might be completely different for somebody else you know so uh mm. yeah I think generally they've got, gotten better but yeah hard to say uh, yeah I think things have gotten better but I also think that there's a certain amount of still internalized misogyny that we need to tackle oh, yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. I don't just mean with guys either. I think that we, like as women, have certain views or expectations that almost we need to train ourselves out of. Oh, you know, none absolutely. of us are the perfect feminist, to re- like straight away. We all have to just build and keep growing. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of like a thing that society's kind of kind of inbuilt a lot of us as well. You know, like there's a lot of uh, even even like aesthetically as well, like how you think you're supposed to look. Um, yeah. You grow growing up that was that's been quite a difficult thing for me personally to overcome is like you're not like the skinniest you could be or you're not kind of like you shouldn't have tattoos and things like that that's going to be something difficult for me to kind of get over and I still do and even kind of like comparing myself to other women as well that's such a bullshit thing to be doing but I find like I'm looking online thinking oh she's like your hair's nicer than mine <laughs> like why is my hair that nice or you know <laughs> that's sort of like the bullshit like that and that is something that I think we all need to work on um but it's something that, you know it's, it's kind of something that I feel like it's not really our fault that that's how we think. Like that's something that we've been kind of forced to think. I think over the over our lives, the patriarchy. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, love it. <laughs> they, they're like yeah. here. Are, here are this the men. You these are your resources. You must compete for the men. When you have yeah. one, you Absolutely. are valuable. When you yeah. don't, ah, oh, not so much. If you're right, it's the competition. Like we, I grew up thinking that women. Uh, I mean, I don't remember having this specific thought, but I definitely, I didn't have many female friends. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up yeah. but I think in part that's because I felt like there was this weird competition, competition. that we all had to like look a certain way or yeah. act a certain way or be interested in certain things or be good at specific skills um, and then I don't know I think it probably took me until I was about 26 or 27 when I suddenly went oh all the other girls are thinking the same thing yes <laughs> oh, yeah. oh I don't need to compete we're all on the same level yeah <laughs> like, yeah if you ever heard someone we, say I don't have female friends because I don't like the drama. It's it's you. 
yes that you got that from somewhere you how would yeah. you know if you don't have any female friends somehow you feel you you think women are more dramatic or more emotional or whatever no, but the reality is they're more supportive yeah in my experience you know yeah. all my female friends they're this really supportive network of like wonderful people who all have these flaws and anxieties and everyone's looking at everyone else going oh man she's got really nice hair I wish I had nice hair you know (laughs) it's this this constant circle of self-criticism that we just need to like get ourselves out of yeah Yeah. for sure I think um, going back to kind of whether whether things are are changing for the better I was thinking about it and like I haven't been kind of part of a punk scene for, for very long like I was quite a late bloomer um, well, but, <laughs> thank you so much. It's a real, um, but you know, certainly, I think one of the key things that has changed is a kind of acceptance and recognition that getting groped at a show or getting unwanted advances or all this kind of stuff is wrong. Because, like, yeah. when I was growing up and go, you know, like maybe not punk gigs, but other gigs and other places and everything, you just kind of accepted that having that happen was part of being a woman. And yeah. like, yeah. Was, you know, like the amount of times, like you know walking to school that you get flashed on the street like that happened to me like five or six times in as many years and it's just that kind of like oh lol it's happened again like you know and you just kind of roll it up and and continue and I think one of the key things in the last certainly five years if not longer is actually like dude that's not cool like don't do that like I was at um Spanish love songs songs show a couple of years ago at Newcross and it was like absolutely crazy show it was it was incredible there was a really drunk guy there and um a friend of mine saw him like grope someone and was like what the fuck do you think you're doing um and you know it's a, it's a guy friend of mine who's calling him out and he's like well, what are you doing like we got him thrown out he managed to come back and get back in and he kind of came back over and he like put his hand in my face and I was just like I was having a really t- good time and I was like mate your shit face like uh, like whatever yeah. you know but my friend like was like that is that is absolutely like picked him up and carried him out of the show and it, it's that sort of thing where like almost as women you're like well I'll just part with it like whatever whatever like ignore it carry on having a good time and it's nice to see now guys kind of being like no 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 we're going to call that out as well yeah um, yeah yeah like- I think that's a big thing actually and feeling I think a lot of that comes though from having the network where you feel like you're not alone in thinking yeah. it mm-hmm. so for example I know that if I see someone who's being a bit too forward with other people at a show I know that I've got like a whole crowd behind me who will back me up if I call them out on it yeah you know like yeah we're, we're talking about such a small minority of people who do have an issue who are problematic I feel like I think yeah. we've got a really yeah. really solid base of people you know definitely yeah yeah I think and and the fact that it's it's kind of like everyone saying this is the culture that we want to maintain this is this is not a this isn't your problem because this guy is in your face. This is, we all have to maintain this. Yeah, so I definitely think there's that overall sense, I think, in the scene. That's very cool. Um, we have just like a couple minutes left. So let's pop to a quick break. Um, and then we can keep chatting when we come back. All right. So I'll see you guys all soon. Right. Welcome back, everyone. So we've been talking about uh, what it's like to be women in the punk scene, what's changed, what hasn't changed. So maybe this is a good time. Um, you know, I was trying to think about, Laura and I were chatting about this a little bit as well. You know, when you were younger, when you were sort of first getting into punk or even punk related music, 
who were the female artists that you sort of looked at and thought like, wow, look at you taking up space. Look at you playing this, this music, you know, and, and that was sort of really influential for you. Um, Sarah, you look like you have thoughts. I have thoughts. I have quite a strong feeling about this. Uh, I, I, the same question cropped up a couple of years ago. And my honest answer is that when I was younger, there weren't any. There, yeah, there yeah. wasn't a single woman in like, particularly in like punk, but you know, even looking in rock that I looked up to genuinely, the person who introduced me to like what punk would look like on a woman was Avril Lavigne. Yeah, and yeah. do you see me wearing a tie right now? And <laughs> I did, like, not now. I mean, I had a wallet chain for a bit, but oh, so did I. <laughs> but there was just a real lack of, I mean, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, the thing is in hindsight now I can look back and say, oh, well, you know, you've got like polystyrene, you've got like Debbie Harry, you've got all these wonderful <laughs> women who are involved in music and punk and stuff like that. But when I was that age, I didn't see any of those. There weren't yeah. women about. Occasionally I'd seen Brody Dahl on the City of Angels video on Kerrang! Yes. And that was it. Yeah. No, I mean, a hundred percent. I've had this conversation, you know, where people come and be like, oh, Avril Lavigne isn't punk. Avril Lavigne wasn't anything. And I was like, hey, look, to me, that was an important person in my life. Like, yes, you can, you can have the conversation about what she became, how she was made, anything like that. But for me, as a 12 year old, I was yeah. like, that's cool like this like wow I really enjoy this music it's cool to see someone you know like I say just taking up space in that world yeah um, I feel I should add to this that I didn't ever like her right <laughs> I never thought it was a good look Wish I, I was not a fan of the music <laughs> but to me that's what a woman looked like in yeah, yeah you know, I suppose yeah. maybe we could also point to Avril and say you know, was there maybe this thing where she was like, this is what you should look like this, like it's a style. And you can maybe yeah. say that that was like a negative aspect. But I think Laura and I were both talking about the fact that, you know, like at least that first album was quite sort of formative, a bit of a stepping stone to other artists. But 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 because of a lack as well, like because who like looking out, like who else was there? You know, well, I, I looked at a lot of guys and took influence from all these guys yeah. and I didn't really see. I always kind of felt like one of the boys anyway, you know, um, yeah. yeah, well, less so now. But back at that age, people used to say things like, oh, she's a tomboy. Oh, she's one of the boys, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I'll say from my perspective, I had four brothers. So I was always one of the boys. Yeah. And I <laughs> wanted something that was in a boy's world, but that was feminine that mm -hmm. had a feminine edge to it. Yeah. So it was like, I didn't mind. I did all the sports. I mean, I wore my brother's jeans until I hit puberty. Like I was always in boys stuff, but I think, you know, I liked feminine things too. And I was like, but why can't we have like some feminine energy? I suppose yeah. in this world. Mm, yeah, for for me, it was um, like, obviously Avril Lavigne, I, when I was younger, I was like, I'm like too cool to listen to this shit but now I'm older I do kind of I listen to it and I do really like it but at the same time I kind of respected her for like being there and being like that way even though whether it was marketed or what I still yeah totally. I, on, on like one side I, I must have had some like respect for her on some level because I did kind of take on what she was dressing like whether I kind of realized I was doing it or not but for me like a big um a big kind of surprise for me kind of not so much in a DIY thing but like in a kind of 
I arrived like 2003, 2004. I can't remember what year it was. I went to see um, Homegrown in Cardiff and they were supported by the Halo Friendlies. And that was massive. I was like, there's this group of girls playing pop punk. Like, where did these come from? Why have I never seen them before? I didn't really kind of, I, I was only like probably 15. So I was like, didn't really grasp that they're not necessarily going to be on MTV or whatever. I was like, where have these come from? Like, this is amazing. And so that was a big thing for me, um, even though they were kind of, they kind of broke up not long after. Um, but that was a really big thing because I was vaguely aware of like, like Hole or Courtney Love and like L7 and things, but I never listened to that music and I still don't really love that music. Like I will listen to it, but something that I wanted to listen to, Halo Friendlies was massive for me because they still had that, like, they, where Avril was a bit more tomboy, they were a bit like more feminine, which was yes. a bit of a, a surprise. Yeah, which was like, oh, you can kind of, maybe that's another topic, but femininity and like, what is femininity yeah. and that in punk as well, I guess. But mm, um, That's interesting. Yeah, how, it's how like many, how many hours have we got? I've got... <laughs> oh, I know, right? Hello. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, definitely, it's uh, that's that's like definitely a, a bigger I... topic to cover. <laughs> but that was like th that was massive for me. And I think things have gotten like I, I do I do think Avril helped the bands that are bigger now, like Paramore, kind of become yeah. Whether whether she helped them get into in it, be accepted in music or whether she allowed like. I, I, I like wonder if she it? showed like stakeholders that that could be successful because if you think about yeah. Paramore they did eventually become like huge and maybe yeah. mm. you know I think Avril Lavigne because she was like she was styled as the like anti-Britney and that was everything yeah. that um like a pop star or a, a popular like music person had been and she was like you could be another way and, and still be popular um yeah. so I don't know so much about for independent but maybe for like the big yeah the sort of big labels and stuff because uh, Hayley Williams was like initially when Paramore came she apparently was supposed to be signed as like Hayley Williams on her own but she was like no I want to kind of I don't want to do that I want to kind of be in the band so that's kind of they, they signed to what is it the Fuel by Ramen or whatever the label was and they marketed that way which I thought was pretty cool when I found that's that cool. out because I, I was the same kind of thing when I first hear Paramore I was like who the hell is this like <laughs> what is this music <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I've, I've grown to love them as well. So yeah. I was thinking a little bit about No Doubt as well, because I think Gwen mm. Stefani was also like definitely a person for me. I don't know, Katie, <laughs> were you, were you going to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, I mean, Gwen Stefani was definitely kind of the one for me, but I think also I just really fancied her. So, you know, it yeah. was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was kind of thinking about. I mean, firstly, I, th I think there's like a really interesting kind of history. And I think we're all kind of of a similar age, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I think in the late 80s and early 90s, which is too, like, we were too young at that point, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what was going on, but there was actually like quite a big feminist deal, you know, all the, the Riot Girl stuff and everything yeah. like that. And the kind it's of grunge scene was actually yeah. pretty feminist and pretty equal. Yeah. And look at how big L7 were and... All this kind of stuff and it's almost like the majors kind of saw that there was money in this and yeah. the end product of the major <laughs> thing as money and something like l7 is avril levine five years later so it's almost mm -hmm. like that's and that's when we kind of start coming of age and so you have your your avrils and your gwen stefani's and mm -hmm. a, a couple of years later like your brody dolls yeah who are very much you know major label marketing tools mm -hmm. right like, no doubt yeah. Yeah. once yeah kind of got into the, the mainstream but that like when you're a 13 year old girl you're not gonna you know you don't know who your diy local punk bands are you you know absolutely you on the magazines and who's on mtv and but maybe so, you do now because i think yeah. about right like i was thinking about what did i had have i had like mtv i had like 
our satellite had like this like punk channel that would play some stuff occasionally like on the radio um i had what i could like maybe like find through through like the few liner notes of albums i might have like you couldn't go on the internet and just be like go to bandcamp like fans of find me recommendations yeah so yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if now i mean we know that it's it's you know everything has blossomed even more but I, I just wonder if at this point, you know, if we were 13 years old today, you know, mm-hmm. who would who would we be listening to? And I, I don't think it would just be the big ones. I think it would be all the little, the smaller little DIY like bands. So it might just yeah. be a, a generational. Definitely. Difference. I mean, I remember when I was younger, I made uh, obviously not immediately. Like I started off at like 11 or 12 with like, you know, the offspring and some 41 and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I started seeking out smaller bands not far after that because I used to at the time piracy was a thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we used to copy CDs and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Like MP3s had just like oh, yeah. been invented as far as anyone could tell. <laughs> you know, I, I was really into piracy and getting stuff for free online. And I was really into like live journal. And I used to read all the different, it was co- before blogging was really popular. Um, and everyone used to update their live journal with the bands that they were into and like showcase different tracks. Uh, and other things um <laughs> sorry i was about to go down a route there that i'm not gonna go down there was there was a lot of fan fiction that's the thing okay yeah. uh, like you you self-censored there for a second yeah yeah uh, i uh, yeah <laughs> I, I used to write fan fiction about bands when i was that age and it's something right. i try not to share publicly have you, um, have you got any copies of that because i thought yes we need to see that, that oh, now no, we're not sharing it. I've only recently come out as a fan fiction writer, you know? Like, uh, okay, I started okay. joking about it about two years ago, but I was so mortifyingly embarrassed by it that I haven't mentioned it for, like, a decade. Um, no. So, yes. Anyway. We'll, we'll move um, you know, on. <laughs> I used to use those kind of platforms to find bands at the time, and that's so much more advanced now. So where piracy was a way of being able to find new music when I was... 13 14 15 nowadays you've got spotify you've got youtube you've got all of those different platforms and the thing is those are still quite heavily affected by the major labels but there's also a lot more diversity out there there's a lot more things that you can go and find and in general i think that the generation below us are more for lack of a better word woke like and they're more aware of feminism and environmentalism and all, all those kind of things so they're probably actively seeking out more stuff although to be honest i think that if i were that age now i don't think i'd be listening to punk what would it be yeah some kind of like hip hop yeah. yeah grime maybe yeah grime probably yeah. grime to be fair i listen to a lot of grime now but i just feel like my the the part of me that was an angry teenager mm-hmm. found solace in the bands that we tend to like now the kind of in, in my world this kind of gruff punk thing where it's like emotions mixed with anger stuff played really fast and i think that that angry uh outlet i probably would have found in something like grime instead you know mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I mean, there has been some research to say that the kind of your brain as a teenager, as it's sort of forming and the chemicals, there is something to be said about what you find at that age and how it kind of has this impact on you. So I think definitely as I've got older, like my music tastes have got much more diverse and I listen to lots of different things, but I always feel like at the ultimate, at the kernel of me, <laughs> I come back to Same. that. <laughs> Yeah. So I, yeah, I think I think yeah, I have a good idea what, what you mean, but I 
I do admit, like, I, I find things like hip hop so, so interesting. I teach hip hop in my classes all the time for someone who cool. listens to punk. So I'm forever yeah. like, look at, like, look at what this artist is doing, um, you know, and, and those sorts of things. So, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to see how these different things connect up. Um, but I, I agree with you. I, want, I wonder if I, if I were growing up now where, where my music taste would be. Probably also, I think that maybe the hip hop direction might have grabbed me. Mm. I think, well, um, I think that's probably the more subversive of the genres now, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you have the same dynamic between mainstream and more underground. Yeah. I can't even remember the last time a, a band that I would like qualify as even punk adjacent like performed at a at like a Grammys or a or or like an American Music Awards, like maybe Foo Fighters, M maybe, like I mm. but I, I like it's that it's not popular in in any really <laughs> for us. Then it's interesting <laughs> hip hop and and underground scene type thing. Like it's it's easy to kind of start to be aware of something and assume that it's new because like you've only just become aware of it or you're kind of whereas yeah. actually it's that thing of like you know I, I'm convinced I'm sure there has been like an active underground subversive oh, hip-hop counterculture for 100% like for decades probably longer yeah. than there has been punk um mm. and it, it's interesting that yeah you only really start to become aware of this stuff as some of that underground becomes more mainstream definitely um and even even with social media and everything like that you still have to be quite an active user you have to seek this stuff out if you want to find it because otherwise mm -hmm. you get what the algorithms push to you which is exactly the same as watching mtv um or listening yep. to the radio yeah, yeah. totally um, so yeah it does require like quite a lot of work almost but i mean obviously the payoffs are huge because you find a new band or a new artist that you love and you're like shit yes yeah. um <laughs> but not everyone is that into it um yeah and I like does it feel sweeter to you you know like if you've seen someone posting about a band on Facebook for ages and you've just never checked them out and you think okay I'll check them out and you really like them versus when you've just gone down a hole and you've just found someone it almost feels sweeter I don't know like and like yeah. oh I found this thing yeah. Yeah. it does it does yeah but it also gives you a slight almost like a, a power in a way as well because you can go to your friends and be like look I found this band yeah and they're amazing go listen yeah. to them and I must admit that I did that with a lot of bands for absolutely years and no one paid any attention until I started a website and then people mm. started to pay attention yeah. to the stuff I'd been saying for years anyway <laughs> it's yeah. just like look look what I found I found gold listen to it please oh <laughs> um how gutting is it though when you like you find a track or a band and you're like oh my god it's amazing and you send it to someone and you think they're really gonna they're really gonna love this and they come back yeah. and they're like yeah it's all right and yeah like, oh, okay. no, my heart is breaking that i need you to love this <laughs> it's so frustrating <laughs> that happens with brett and i all the time i'll like something a little bit more than he does or he'll like something and then i'll be like it's good and he's like okay no but you're not like expressing enough like how be more excited <laughs> yeah, yeah be exactly. more excited but the you best know, actually, is when I we're think... both excited and then that's like ah i think that's an interesting thing that's almost um uh, a feminist issue that i struggled with for quite a long time i used to get 
wound you know particularly I, I still do get really excited about stuff but when when I was in my 20s I really got excited about stuff when there was a new band or a new album or a new tour got announced or anything like that I'd be like bouncing off the walls absolutely over the moon couldn't stop talking about it you know I used to get really emotional at different things like when bands broke up I'd cry and things like that and I felt really strongly about it and I've definitely had like friends or partners or things in the past who've almost gone can you just like calm down a bit like you're too excited about this you need to temper your emotional reaction to it that was me um, in high school Robin you're too excited how do you know yeah, all yeah. the lyrics to the song already because I've listened to it 10 times yeah. like in the it. last hour and why is yeah. that a problem like, <laughs> and why is yeah. that a problem <laughs> yeah like but yeah. don't tell me to calm down <laughs> like in, <laughs> in kind of any you know yeah that's bleh. Like yeah and I felt like for a while it, I, I almost felt like it wasn't cool to show as much enthusiasm as I actually had for something um and I, I definitely remember trying to temper my own like excitement just to try and fit in a bit more and to mm. I don't know it's a weird thing yeah I don't like I don't know if that is something that's kind of unique or more pronounced like being a woman or not like uh, you know I don't it'd be really interesting to kind of like I almost have like a like a male consultant on this podcast just so we can be like oh excuse me um how do you feel <laughs> sorry do we, do we need to get a male correspondent should i see if any are available i don't know <laughs> I mean, oh god there's just not enough men in the scene i don't know how you'd pick one i mean yeah. god you can't find a male band to put on a bill i've been trying trying to book a male band and just oh god there just aren't any out there and honestly they don't even know how to play their instruments yeah it's, I, a, it's a bit ev to be honest yeah yeah um but it's with, with the enthusiasm i do think there's an aspect of that obviously it's something that i think men will experience as well yes. and i think that you know I, I think there's a balance to that but i do think that that over emotional nature of things is a traditionally feminine trait well and i think th that think about the it's, word it's almost about silencing yourself yeah because like, that'll yeah. be used for like Fangirl. guys as well like yeah. oh i totally fangled over her and it's like that yeah. typical I guess I think back to like the the videos of the Beatles landing in America and like yeah. women are like ah and it's yeah. like oh, I, I must throw my knickers at them. Yeah. How do like, people do that by the way? Like how do you take your knickers off? Well, I think or do you bring knickers with you? Spare, spare, I think, I think I it's a pre-planned thing. Like, <laughs> like today, a bra you can do. Like a bra you can take off. But yeah. yeah, a bra you can take off. But admittedly, that's quite impractical. Like imagine being at a gig and bouncing around with no bra on. It's not like a good uh, day. That no. no taking oil well, um i was watching <laughs> there's a documentary about l7 that i was watching earlier this week um and um you know like the the infamous tamp tampon incident at reading um, oh yeah <laughs> so she was she was talking that through and she was like Do you know what it was actually really difficult because my trousers were duct taped to me because I didn't have a belt. So she was like, it wasn't smooth, like, you know, she wasn't wearing a skirt and like easy kind of, she literally had to put the guitar down, like unwrap this duct tape, pull her trousers down. <laughs> and I was like, I'd never heard about that. And that whole thing just gives it such like a farcical quality, which is just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it's like the most infamous incident in rock and roll. And it's like, well, <laughs> they're like hopping around on stage with like, one leg and a trousers. <laughs> um, Oh, I don't know why that's made me think of something that uh, I think has changed. When I was younger and going to DIY shows, there were a lot of penises. Mm. Guys used to get naked mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on stage really? randomly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah I think like late 90s early noughties in particular there was kind of this culture of guys just like getting their dicks out yep not in a sexy way just in a drunk way I'm going mostly to be drunk naked. way mostly drunk way yeah and I, I feel like that has stopped <laughs> sorry Katie what was that Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just saying, I don't think anyone's ever said like, oh, and you know, they all got their dicks out in a sexy way. Like, it's just <laughs> obviously, I'm not the expert, but <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> sorry. But um, I, I don't know. It was just kind of a thing, or like bands would run like naked down the street and stuff like that. And the thing is, that didn't. I never had a problem with there being like willies about. Like, that's okay. I can deal with that. But I always felt like I was excluded because I can't join in. Because if I take my clothes off, it's a sexual yeah yeah it's actually it's interesting at the at the festival that i mentioned so opikopi which is one of the oldest biggest festivals in south africa there is Mm. a naked run that runs (laughs) every weekend and it's from one point to another and it's mostly men like if if a woman puts it's like spot spot the female if you tried running naked, it's like we were just saying, you know, like... like and, okay, it's and very awkward. Difficult. Opikopi is notoriously on a dust hill. It is like <laughs> that, you know, that traditional, like, red Africa sand. Like, yeah. red, yeah. it's, it is on that. It, like, <laughs> So that will get in crevices that you might, like, yeah. never fully... Uh, <laughs> you might never recover from that. Never recover. It, it's just it's a sport that wasn't made for women what, no. in, what not with them in mind i i feel <laughs> yeah, naked run. Like. but that's a good point sarah actually i was thinking back i'm like oh yeah there was always a guy who got naked on stage yep. uh, a, a couple guys who would get naked and go into the pit and they'd be and but always atrociously drunk and just thought this is yep. the appropriate time I feel so much more comfortable now that people largely have their clothes on and that's not a sexualized thing it's just because I felt a bit left out when the guys used to do it and I, yeah. I'd be like okay this is weird this is awkward but uh to be fair I feel kind of the same about you know when there's one guy in the pit it takes his shirt off yeah no bros with shirts off yeah no not into it <laughs> makes me feel super uncomfortable it's, it's just more sweat flying around isn't it like I think it's more, more to- like I get that, but you know what? I've got to keep my shirt on. You can keep your shirt yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. True. yeah, it's fair. Um, and there's something about having like a naked, sweaty guy rubbing against you in a non-sexual way that's really not cool. Like, or no, or sanitary, as we were saying earlier about COVID. <laughs> exactly. You know, I can catch things off you. Keep, keep, keep it clean. Keep it as clean as possible. <laughs> Just keep your shirt on. I think we're all, all okay. <laughs> <laughs> Equally, I think that people should feel free to do what they want at shows. I think that's fun. I just, I don't feel comfortable with even men with their shirts off. I, mm. Fair enough. And it's not a prudish thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I yeah, totally absolutely. get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that like double double standards thing where it's like, well, uh, if I do this, it's going to make it weird for the whole room. And like, yeah. I'm yes. aware of that so you know if you could not do it like kind of thing and it I don't know that yeah so it's, it's really interesting isn't it like the differences in in the ways in which like male and female bodies are seen and like who's doing the looking and like mm. all that kind of stuff and yeah. it's that almost like 
you know being in a being in a pit is like for me certainly it's kind of the ultimate freedom because you just feel like you know the <laughs> hey daisy you just feel like the <laughs> the only rules are like make sure no one gets hurt and kind yes. of everything else is like you know just go for it and it's such a release and you you know i can understand that thing of like you know i just i just want to take my shirt off because like just yeah i get the feeling like yeah. well if i do that it's fucking weird so yeah almost that barrier to like that extra little bit of kind of enjoyment or that extra bit because because I'm going to take my shirt off men are going to look at me and they're going to feel uncomfortable with it therefore I'm not going to do it yes and, yeah mm-hmm. and like I'm uncomfortable that they're uncomfortable and you know that whereas that thought just doesn't go through their head at all say, like, the, majority of the guys yeah. who, are, who are more likely to do that like that thought just it, it, it yeah. never you know it's like well you know my nipples are, like my nipples get censored on instagram yours won't so like <laughs> so weird i mean i think it's such, such a, a it's such a good definition of privilege is when you don't have to think about something yeah, yeah. that's oh, yeah. true absolutely it's not a thing and it's but it, you know i think it's also like as you say like establishing a set of norms because if you think about like you know if you go to a beach in europe you know go go topless like it's 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 going to be much more normal if if you feel comfortable with that but there is a sense of women saying I'm not doing this for you like I want to tan so I'm just I'm doing what I need to do like carry on Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think a fair example there is that if you were at punk rock holiday and you're down at the beach stage and everyone's got the shirts off that's fine you know I've been in a mosh pit in a bikini there and that's just normal but that's because you're on a beach and it is an accepted norm. Yeah. Although there was one band that did their set. Oh no, did they? They crowd surfed. They took their pants off and then crowd surfed and they were like willies dangling and crowd surfing at the same time. And that was that was weird. There you go. Yeah. So there's, there's always a level. <laughs> there is always a level. Mm, mm. Difficult to... Um, Establish consent with an entire crowd. Like my yeah. naked oh, yeah. coming. Are consent. you ready? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all about consent here. <laughs> it's all about the consent. You know what I'm saying? If you if you can get sign off on everyone, pass around an indemnity form, like you know. <laughs> get your clipboard out again. Right. Yeah. Okay. Naked human pyramid. Naked <laughs> rowboat. Yeah. Uh, naked yeah. stage dive. Right. We're good. Yeah. You can <laughs> see that we're like we're. We're, we're organized people because we're like, I want a clipboard. Like, I want forms. Like, I need. I mean, them. if you see me at a gig and I've not got a clipboard, you best find me one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, we're heading to the end of this meeting. So, shall we take our last break and we'll come back for the last yeah. little bit? All right, great. See you soon. All right, and welcome back to our special International Women's Day edition of the CPRW podcast. So just as we are wrapping up, we wanted to think about um, recommending any bands with sort of female or non-binary members. Um, I think obviously we can be like, if you haven't checked out KTMF, go do it. She's amazing. <laughs> yes, um, it was one of the first ones I thought of too. Like, like, that's obvious, but do it. But let's just say it as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe just who who have you been listening to? Who would you recommend? Um, mine main ones. I've, I've got the Bomb Pops T-shirt on. That's kind of like they've been like a big influence for me. Like for a long 
time like a few years I was kind of lost like I didn't really know what I was doing what I was listening to you know that some people go through this like late 20s kind of or all of my 20s I was like who, who am I like what am I doing and then like I found like listen to the bomb pops and I was like these girls are amazing that is kind of like what I want to be like but that's who I was before I kind of got lost <laughs> so they've kind of like helped me kind of come back to where I think I should have always been in a way so I've I'll always kind of say the bomb pops they are one of my favorite bands like they have really great life and Jen is such a sweetheart she's such a nice girl they're such a nice band mm. um but uh, other bands I've kind of got a little list going um a big one that I've been really into is Reviver I think they're really great kind of kind of ch- trying to change up kind of like things in the in the scene as well like how people attend gigs I guess kind of like the atmosphere at a gig um others like I mentioned the Halo Friendlies but one I really got into you know we mentioned earlier like how um when you kind of find a band and then people aren't that interested in them when you show them and then you get really disappointed how much does it suck when you find you're so frustrating how much does it suck when like you find a band that you love and then you find that oh actually they broke up like five years ago uh that's great (laughs) yeah all the time you get to see them Yeah. yeah it sucks so I found Gloss um, girls living oh. outside society shit yeah like I found them like a month ago I was like this is the best thing I've heard in a long time and I read about them and I was like oh my god this is amazing gone yeah gone <laughs> long gone 2016 whatever <laughs> but yeah awesome um others I see like CF98 I think that's how you oh yeah yeah bloody brilliant so good yeah they're, they're really great yeah Carolina's um, amazing like such an amazing vocalist oh my god yeah his thing is incredible it's like it's live such... in particular like <laughs> Yeah, they um yeah. they they've kind of stood out to me and uh, the Tuts as well. They've um they've been really great. But uh, other than that, yeah, there's another one, Swan Prince from Birmingham. They've been great as well. Um, I read that down. And yeah, they're they're um, kind of like skate punk kind of melodic stuff. Going I like on. how they've grown as well. Like mm. I remember when they first started and sort of Rachel was starting to talk about it, and then now I th- their new album or is it an ep i think it's an album isn't it it's an but album it's, yeah it's great and also it's such like you can see the progression as a band and i like that yeah. i really like being able to see people grow yeah yeah they're um and they're really nice guys nice guys as well really nice um you know they're always happy to talk on social media as well so um i really like to kind of show my support for them um and the other one as well uh, one that i've really gotten into lately which is kind of like punk rock that like i usually like but it's more indie pop kind of dreamy kind of but also a little bit punk it's a band called family dinner from in, from uh, new york so they're uh, cool they're worth giving a shout they just brought out their first ep i think so that's worth checking out yeah nice, nice. So that's my little list <laughs> yeah daisy's like hello yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I Look, I, i'm a woman in punk rock <laughs> <laughs> i'm shaped like a cat doesn't mean i can't get involved i discovered yesterday that she does not like roughneck riot oh oh which was a real disappointment. Actually, there's a band with a woman in. 100%. Yeah. And nice. I've loved them for years. I think uh, I was thinking about like um, bands with women or non-binary members in that I'd want to promote. And the nice thing was that I remember first, I remember writing an article about uh, kind of highlighting bands with women in about six or seven years ago. And I remember having to like research it and having to go find bands. Yeah. And something that's lovely is that now you really don't have trouble finding bands with women in at mm-hmm. all there's bloody loads and that's brilliant yeah and it's the one that i probably most admire at the moment 
or you know have done for a couple of years is follow your dreams who admittedly are all friends of mine so there's an aspect to it there but the reason that I tend to think of that is because Kaz who fronts the band and sings she's been part of the punk community for a really long time you know she's been helping out with TNS records for years but she's never been in a band herself and she's maybe like a year older than me and I'm too nervous to be in a band no matter how much I want to be I worry that there's going to be that comparison and that people are going to look at me weird and am I as good as the boys and oh god I can't really play an instrument shit you know and she uh, she doesn't have any instruments but she and she'd never sung before and especially hadn't sung in like a punk way like hasn't done had never done that shout before and she went and uh, approached Rising Strike and asked them whether maybe she could do some backing vocals with them and stuff but Rising Strike at the time were kind of midway through slowly breaking up you know that thing where you haven't actually broken up but you have haven't played a show in two years that that sort of thing um Hiatus. and she asked them <laughs> yeah <laughs> well they hadn't even really it, there, there wasn't like a discussion as far as I know but they were starting to branch off into this second band and then Kaz was asking about doing vocals with them so that she could maybe try out with a band um but then it just sort of the the two things were so perfectly timed that they were kind of starting this new band and she wanted to try doing vocals and I remember how nervous she was going to that first practice when she was going to sing for the first time and then trying it out and I remember seeing her confidence grow across that first couple of like practices and stuff. And then I started writing and I remember how nervous she was before the first gigs. And all of this was like this journey. And I was just thinking, Oh God, like, I feel like you're doing what I want to do and that I'm too afraid to do. Mm. And now when she's on stage, she's so powerful. Um, and, you know, really knows how to work the crowd and her vocals have improved so much as well. Like she's gained so much more range with it. And she's not afraid to do the kind of punky, growly, shouty thing that I'd love to do. But mm. I, if I try and sing, I sound more like Atomic Kitten, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I can't do the ah, thing. Yeah. I, I can't do that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I tend to think of her as a real inspiration because like as a, as a woman in a band, because yeah because I saw the development and the growth of it and mm. whenever I get to see them live now I get a little bit like emotional <laughs> it's, it's weird um but yeah so that's follow your dreams um for Manchester and I'm, I'm sure I've got some other recommendations but almost too I'll, many to talk about I'll just <laughs> yeah. I'll just add on to that quickly because I think on both your points in terms of being able like I didn't have to think about this I just jotted down like I quickly jotted down like two or three or four probably more <laughs> that just popped yeah. into my head yeah and, you know Katie and I were doing a fantasy um festival list the other day and I think we both had like I think most of the bands in my fantasy festival were you know were bands with with female or non-binary members it was it it is so there um you know and I think you know when Emma and I did the to the front comp for CPRW records nice and segue that go check yeah. out CPRW records. <laughs> um, it, 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 like we had so many, I mean, we were literally like brainstorming for that. We were like, and this one, and this one. And it was like just forever, um, which I just love. I think it's, it's not the rarity anymore, which is just spectacular. Yeah. But also because I did want to mention um, my friend, my, my best friend, Jess, uh, she is a writer, music creator. She was in a band here in South Africa called the Meerkat Mob. Um, oh. And now she writes on her own under the name Agapanthus. And like, 
I've watched her go, I was at her first gig on, on a keyboard and I watch her now on guitar. She has like six loop pedals. It's like layers on layers. And I'm just like, I'm like, you're, you might be too cool to be my friend, but I appreciate it. <laughs> anyway. um, so, so I, I, I think watching someone grow in that way, that's, that also is something that you love like there's something special about it um that's yeah I think there's there's a real connection so I'll, I'll I'll mention Jess and then I'll just mention before we get to you Katie I'll mention Black Math who I've already mentioned from Durban I want to mention Drones who I love and who just brought Drones out brilliant who just brought out a new new album um I saw them I was so excited to see them at MPF and then when I saw them I freaked out it was awesome um <laughs> and then <laughs> I'll also just mention uh, Cherim are the sweetest um, pop punk band from Derry and um, Sincere Engineer are dropping. Come on. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. And then Katie, no, 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 which, you, which are you yours? This happened. This happened the last podcast we did. It's like Robin went through her festival list and I was like, oh, for God's sake, like I've got three of those. Cross <laughs> them off. <laughs> Didn't, and so and and Cherim and and next yes <laughs> no 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 I'll I'll definitely let you talk about them because I I'm a relatively late um I, a relatively late discovery for me. But I'm I also yeah. I only discovered Sincere Engineer last year, but yeah. like just that that I mean if you want to talk about a marriage of gruff punk with like a mm -hmm. feminine energy, like mm -hmm. Sincere Engineer is just that perfect blend for me. Um, and it was like one of those bands that I saw people talking about and I was like, why haven't I looked into this yet? And then it was like, yes. so yeah. that, that was like, I think that was like my first thing I wrote down. I was like, sincere engineer. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> Katie, who, what else do you want to talk about? Um, I, I've got a couple, um, well, again, I mean, loads, but two that I kind of picked. Um, one is a band called Charles and the Big Boys um who are friends of mine um and like I saw Charles play at open an open mic in like 2016 or 2017 or something when they were oh. 17 and like their voice is just absolutely insane and they're really like talented guitarist and writer like their songwriting is wow and you know they're, they're 21 now like and kind of just they've supported me at like two kind of EP shows that that we've done and like both times they've kind of blown everyone away um and they actually managed to release an ep last year which is i think i'm so impressed by anyone who released music last year it was quite early on <laughs> yeah. um and it say what you want and it's just it's kind of um almost like grungy indie punk um like they're definite like i know charles is a huge nirvana fan and there are definitely that uh, elements of that kind of like we're talking about like riot girl-esque um but without the kind of lo-fi nature of it which I really like because yeah. I, I actually I don't mind the kind of grungy stuff but I really don't like that sound that's all been recorded on one mic in a big room like I really yeah. it, that annoys me yeah I don't like um, yeah, that yeah. either yeah. yeah so I definitely like recommend Charles and the Big Boys um nice. cool and um who else was I gonna say oh um a band from New Jersey called Late Waves um who haven't actually been that active but I want to mention them because something that I really like in the way that things are going is that I think previously you think about kind of women in punk or like, you know, and you think, oh, well, the, the woman has to be the front person. 
you know it has to be it has to be their project mm-hmm. or they have to be you know blah blah blah. and yeah, actually yeah. a way that sh- something that i think shows we're going in the right direction that there are more bands with female members who you know there's it's not a big deal like they're the keys player they're the bass player like so so fucking what like it's i not much that, prefer that it's not a usp you know and like i really yeah. like that so late waves you know they've they've got a female drummer and like who gives a shit um and uh, yeah. yeah they're just very good kind of more kind of pop punk but not that fast um and just yeah they've got a song called face down which is is a slower one but it's just such like a good description of having like a poor mental health episode but like in a catchy way <laughs> um and yeah i just yeah, really big fans of them nice so those, those are my can can i add one on to that from i i i also think that just uh, you know if there's a woman in the band it doesn't need to be the front person um but one of my favorite bands that happens to have a female probably non-binary member is um pardon us oh yeah mm. they're just fucking brilliant oh. i love them and i saw them live before i'd heard any of their like recorded stuff because they're not too far from me up here and just there every time i see them they're just so good and it's just nice um but the only other band particularly with women in that i really wanted to say because they had it was a bit of a game changer for me it was not on tour oh and I, that was like and, a religious experience yeah right like not on tour are incredible but there's something so relatable about Seema as well like I like the the way that she sings or the way that she vocalizes is something that I could achieve personally because it's not like Mm. she just talks very fast you know (laughs) (laughs) um and you know I just I don't know there was something about seeing Seema in that band that made me that was one of the first times that I thought well maybe I could be in a band Mm-hmm. like maybe mm-hmm. I could do that and she runs around with so much energy oh. and it's just I don't feel that there's when I think of female fronted bands inverted commas there for anyone not watching the video <laughs> <laughs> um, when, I, when I think of like female fronted bands I don't think of not on tour they don't cross my mind they cross my mind as one of my favorite bands ever mm. and that has fuck all to do with the fact that there's a woman in the band like yeah it, they're just yeah. brilliant and I love them and it's even like little things like the way that she dresses and the way that she presents herself I see myself in her a lot more than I see in you know where we were talking about Avril Lavigne it's kind of like I I don't straighten my hair I don't dye my hair I don't have I don't wear makeup I don't do all these things but then Seema comes along and she's wearing things (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah the tie all the time around the forehead yeah <laughs> but you know, I don't. Um, a, a lot of the women that I see on stage are uh, dressed in perhaps like a more punk way than I dress. You know, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's not a bad thing. But then Seema comes along and she's wearing like clothes that I would wear, and she, her hair's done the way that I would do it, and she doesn't wear like a huge amount of makeup. And I look at her and I'm like, I could do that. Like she's really made me feel so much more comfortable. And she hasn't mm. done that deliberately. It's just a total byproduct of you know, who they are and the way that they are on stage and stuff like that. And they're fucking great. Anyway. (laughs) I just, but I I do think it shows like people be like, oh, there's enough representation. And it's like, but you don't know. You don't know what someone else needs to see, where they see Mm. themselves reflected or where they they don't. You know, it's like, I I think that that's such a good point to take. It's not, not every woman on stage is is presenting herself the same way. We're not one, we're not one essence. Yeah. 
That's true. Just the fact, yeah. the very fact that it's a woman does it, or you know, or say mm-hmm. I think we need to. I think it's important to include sort of non-binary or non-gender conforming groups in that as well. But I think yeah. just because they are female and they are on stage doesn't mean I relate to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm sure there are plenty of guys I relate to as well. So it's not to say that that's yeah exclusive as well. But yeah, Seema in particular and not on tour. That was the first time I really remember thinking oh, I feel included in this nice and it was such a stark contrast as well because i didn't realize that i felt excluded before yeah but then all of a sudden i felt included it was nice i think i'll just add to that i you know it's it's worth mentioning they're broken up sadly uh but a a formative band for me in south africa was a three-piece ska punk band called japan and i and they wore homemade matching dresses for every show oh. that they played. Ala, do you know, I forget the name of the band in Kill Bill. Um, kind of that sort of vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, for, I forget their name. If I really thought about it, I could maybe scratch it from somewhere. Um, <laughs> but they they were just amazing. And they were actually um, studying w- with me in my undergrad at university. And I couldn't even sit in the same row as them. I had to, like, sit <laughs> a couple rows back. I was like, this... I, I, Ah, you guys are too great um but I think for me as someone who you know is is a is more feminine than your than maybe your typical punk aesthetic so like I like painting my nails I like I like wearing dresses that was very cool for me I think that was me seeing myself a little bit I was like oh yeah like feminine but fun and edgy and and all those cool things so I think yeah and and so diversity I think just in general yeah representation matters for sure yeah um so guys yeah sorry katie you were saying oh i was just gonna say just one very quick thing like i think it's really interesting that um i think throughout this chat we've kind of said things about you know like uh, needing to feel like you can keep up with the boys or being one of the boys or Mm. um you know sarah you were saying kind of you like you want to you know part of you like really wants to be in a band but you're like well i can't sing like that or i can't play an instrument like that or you know, whatever. And it's really interesting because punk has always been this thing of like, we well, don't have to be able to play an instrument. Like you look at even like, well, you look at any fucking punk band, like, you know, the Clash, like they can't play guitar. They're not good. <laughs> like, no. And they don't care. <laughs> but like, it's the, it's the energy and the, the message and all of that is more important than being able to like play really fancy shit. Yeah. And I think that is still something that, um non-men don't necessarily feel that they're empowered to do which is to just say uh, you know even if you look at someone like Kathleen Hanna who was like she was like well I was you know a spoken word on and you know again Kathleen Hanna like cannot sing right like she's not a good singer but she is the fucking like ultimate you know riot girl idol and you know was like formed one of the most incredible punk bands of the early 90s but like she can't fucking sing like a lot of (laughs) artists can't sing can't play their instruments but it doesn't matter and like I think we're still at the stage where you do see uh, a woman or a non-man in a band and you're almost like holding them to a higher standard Mm -hmm. than you are the men and I think we've still got quite a way to go to kind of address that way like even you know Mm -hmm. we're talking about internalized misogyny and all that like you know I do it like we all do it yeah yeah I I completely agree I think all those things and then have to kind of 
yeah. notice that I'm thinking that. Thinking of, yeah. And go, yeah, and then like dial it that. out. It's like calling <laughs> yourself out, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah. We do it in our like... jobs. I think yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. women, women yeah. are constantly like, sorry, I couldn't do this thing as efficiently as humanly possible. I had to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm not the best at this. I've let all of like womankind down. Yeah, and, like, that is- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you know, if you see one like female or like non-male drummer who isn't a great drummer, and you're like, well, only men can drum then. it's funny because um people were saying the same about the superhero films so like when mm. like wonder woman came out and they were like is this going to be the one for like women in but superhero movies and they were like wonder woman is about a man it's not about a woman that's that fucked me off so I know. much like it makes me so angry it's about a man <laughs> But like after, after Batman versus Superman, which like I almost oh, walked out of, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the, the internet wasn't like, oh, I guess we can't have men in superhero movies yeah. anymore. Yeah, because that one film wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's but yeah, and so you, you, I think, because you see that pressure in other areas, so you think that for yourself. You think, oh, yeah. I, I'm representing, so I've yeah. really yeah. got to like oh, shine. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. it. You feel like you've got to work, you know, 10 times harder to yeah. achieve the same sort of thing. When actually, you know, we're talking about comparing ourselves to men and the way that they do things. Why are we comparing ourselves yeah. to that? Yeah, Why exactly. are they the Why highest standard? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's right? that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we yeah, we should that. be doing our own thing that's completely separate. We, sh- yeah. you know, we, we should, yeah, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves at all. Um, so Sarah, you're starting do. the band next week. Um, yeah. Ah. <laughs> 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 I will not be starting a band. <laughs> okay, okay. I've come to that conclusion. <laughs> I thought about it a lot when I first moved to Manchester. I spent about two years thinking maybe it's time for me to start a band. Um, and now I've officially made the decision that I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's never too late. I was just thinking about it for too long. <laughs> but I mean, I suppose the, the amazing thing about being you know so involved with this is there lots of other things you can do you don't have to be in a band you can be in the crowd you can be writing the blog posts you can be doing the crowd is just as important at a show as the band is you know I really think that's important I think fans are as big a part of the scene as the musicians are absolutely I mean like how many times you have you been to a show like you know I've played so many that I can't even count where there are three people there you know yeah. and like mm-hmm. if, if those three people didn't turn up there's no fucking show so it doesn't matter if there's a band like the crowd is yeah. so much more important I think yeah. well, absolutely just, but like it's yeah and, and the that support in the scene is so you know like that's where the magic like, happens the that interaction tweeting and people like writing stuff on Facebook and people showing up or like all this kind of stuff like people watching videos people like streaming stuff that that's the important thing like yeah and isn't that what we're all missing I mean when we're when we're stuck at home is that yeah that connection that interaction that you get yeah Um, so as a as a final point so uh you know, we were thinking about if there's anything that we want to specifically talk about or anything that we've got going on um, that we maybe want to promote. And Sarah, you had such a lovely idea for us to think about who who is doing things that we are sort of really looking at and admiring and thinking that's that's 
you know, that's something I'd really like to kind of shout out and, and, and put out there. Um, I'm going to embarrass you a lot because <laughs> I, uh, I have to just say, because I, I was saying to Brett, Sarah doesn't want to promote herself, but I look up to her. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. Really, Thank genuinely, you. I think, because I think you raised, I wrote it down, you raised 1,800 pounds for the music venue trust. Like, with, yeah. with the latest paper cuts. And I just think, I mean, that's amazing. And I and I do just want to have, like, a moment of, like, that I just I just want you to feel the 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 appreciation and just from like from my side when I see that I just think Sarah's doing the awesome things I want to do more awesome things like Sarah <laughs> oh. oh oh that's really really sweet <laughs> so I'm just I'm um, going I'm going to mention it but also because it genuinely comes from my heart and not just because I because maybe I should um yeah oh that's brilliant <laughs> I, I mean the book's done really well I've been amazed by how many people have bought a copy um, and particularly with that, I wanted all of the proceeds to go to the Music Venue Trust because ordinarily right now, I'd be, you know, if we were going to gigs, I'd be putting money into music venues by buying drinks, by, you know, ticket fees, although obviously mostly that goes to the bands. But, you know, normally I'd be supporting music venues by going to them. And I can't do that. So I feel like the Music Venue Trust is the area that I really want to support right now. But also, I was just I wanted to do a bit of a project to keep myself busy. Uh, and I ended up publishing this book, which has got some wonderful contributions from it, including an article from Katie as well. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's just I'm amazed by the reaction to it so far. And if anyone does want a copy, uh, they can get it from shoutlouder.bigcartel.com. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gone incredibly well. I'm really pleased with how it's turned out. Um, and yeah, if we can get a few more, there's, there's basically, I reckon we can raise a few more grand if I sell some more nice. as well and I push it a bit more. But I'm so nervous about pushing it and promoting it some of the time, you know? I think maybe people that's were, a feminine were, trait. I, maybe. <laughs> I think people were happy to get a little slice of that live show experience. Um, I think it, it was, in a way, I think it was a bit of a public service because uh, not only did it give people the opportunity to support the venues, which I think everyone is thinking about, it also then gave that then that little slice of that experience. So I think it worked out yeah. really well. I made an effort. I didn't really say it in all of the marketing material, but I made an effort when I was putting it together to try and make sure it was also a diverse range of views and that it was as inclusive as possible. Um, I ended up actually approaching quite a lot of um well different people from different backgrounds uh, people from different countries and I tried to include various different genders and races and sexualities and things like that in it um it was actually tougher than you might think because I didn't get replies from a lot of the people I approached <laughs> yeah um but I've tried to make sure that it's a diverse range of views and it's not just a bunch of straight white dudes writing about gigs so nice yeah. hopefully that comes across when we read it <laughs> it does it does it's really good Thanks. I haven't got my copy yet because of the South African Postal Service, but I will have it at some point. <laughs> it's with Colin in Manchester, so I have to get it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I'll have to get it when, when I'm that side, but it will happen. Um, um, I think we should give a bit of a shout out to Holly from Hell Hath No Fury. Yes. Um, yeah, for all her hard work. And I know that she gets overwhelmed and flustered and all those kind of things because we have to try and fit in all this punk stuff around you know jobs and life and cats yeah. and children and <laughs> all that sort of thing yeah um but holly does a really really good job at promoting you know 
all kinds of different things, you know. And her roster on Hell Hath No Fury is a really good place to look if you want to discover some new bands. Definitely. In particular. Yeah. And the gigs that she's put on in the past have been incredible. And I'm hoping that Hell Hath No Fury Fest comes back when that sort of thing is allowed. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I remember her uh, uh, pod, uh, playlist that she made for MPF was just, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Mm. And it's, yeah, awesome. Uh, Laura? Um, yeah, I haven't really thought about this one, so I just want to get something the first that popped into my mind. Um, there's a record label that started, like I would, I think, last year called um, Smash Mouse Records, not Smash Mouth. Oh, oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're in. Um, they're from, I think, South Wales. They're from Wales, anyway. Um, so I want to give them a little shout out because they're, you know, they started this during lockdown, so it's not going to be the easiest thing for them to oh, be able wow. to promote anything. They were supposed to be doing like a festing or like a all day or in Cardiff this month obviously that's been cancelled they had the, like swamp prince was supposed to be playing on it as well so it's they've tried to kind of work really hard to kind of get things going but haven't been able to go ahead with it so i wanted to give them a little shout because um i think we need to kind of help these ones that are starting up as well um Definitely. so yeah smash mouse not mouth <laughs> and they have some really <laughs> really cool merch as well so i bought the t-shirt they brought out last year um and it was a mouse and a skateboard and it's all this kind of like playing on the tony hawk pro skater thing so <laughs> yeah definitely if i give see if you can find them they're on instagram at least so yeah excellent <laughs> is that, um smash fest yes uh, that's the one okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I mean, I've applied to play a couple of times, so you know. Katie, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's them anyway, so it must be. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't know actually. I mean, does, that sounds that definitely sounds sound. about I'm right. Cool. So I was like, oh, I'm fairly sure that the people that do that do, and it yeah, would make sense. Yeah, also, yeah. Like it's also in Cardiff, so. I, oh, there are. Yeah, it, it yeah. most likely is then. <laughs> um, uh, Katie, mine is um, going slightly like it's not music based but um I don't, like i know that for better or worse kind of going to gigs often comes in hand like hand in hand with with having a pint or two or like a non-alcoholic beer which i know sarah you've got really into recently and i have mm. i have as well actually mm. um yay health <laughs> um but there's um a brewery um in london called mothership brewing um and uh, it's an all-female um brewery team and really um, yeah, which you don't get many of. I think I think the brewing kind of industry is quite similar to well to loads in that it's, it's fairly like heavily male dominated. Very yeah. much so. Definitely. What was the name again? Uh, Mothership. Right. Um, I've uh, heard of them, but I didn't know it was a female team. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and they're just like the beer is just really nice. Like I wouldn't promote it if I didn't like it. You know, I'd like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Them. Um, and I'm sure they have you know much bigger reach than than I could ever uh, give them. But um, yeah, it's just good beer. So you know, while we're in lockdown and listening to our to our playlists and everything, like yeah, I, I I can't actually remember if they do if they've got a non-alcoholic offering. I'm yet. willing to find out. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> it's just a Google away. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But that's perfect for all your Zoom meetings and things like exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just a little can of mothership. So that's nice. Fun. Excellent. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Like this has been such a lovely chat. Like it's just so <laughs> it's nice. Great. Well, you. thank you for having us as well. This is quite yeah. a privilege to be asked on. <laughs> yeah, definitely, hundred percent. It's been yeah, just really lovely chatting with you. And um, yeah. Well, thanks so, so much, guys. Um, Colin will uh, resume uh, your the normal service. I didn't say I shouldn't say normal. 
<laughs> establish a normal. Um, but Colin, Colin will be back, and I'll just say thanks to Colin for letting me uh, take over for this special episode. So thanks so much, everyone. Um, cheers. Bye. Thanks, folks. <laughs> See you.